Hello and welcome to the Healing Vibe Podcast. I am your host, Shanika Moore-Clark. On this podcast, we explore the good, the bad, and the ugly in an attempt to inspire you to become your own best healer. On today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Christina, who is a California licensed psychotherapist and writer. And on today's episode, we talk about her own journey with chronic illness. And we talked about how she was able to heal through um, brain retraining, neuroplasticity, trauma work, all the things that help to shift her physiology. She also is a writer and she has a self-published journal called Begin Within Today Health and Wellness journal and so she gives a lot of tips she offers a lot of insights from a perspective of a trauma-informed therapist and I hope that you will find this episode to be enlightening engaging and I also want to thank each of you who have continued to support and listen to this podcast and I just want to encourage you to continue to share this podcast with those who might be on a healing journey and um, thank you so much and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Healing Vibe podcast. I am your host, Shanika Moore-Clark. Today, I am so excited that I get to have this conversation with Christina, who um, we've been really trying to get this um, talk together for quite some time. And so I'm so excited that we finally get to talk about um, all things um, holistic and chronic illness, and she's going to share her journey and all of that. But I um, met Christina, I connected with her over Instagram, and um, I just feel so honored that she's here to share some of her journey. And um, I think this is going to be a really, really good conversation. So I hope you all will enjoy and welcome to the Healing Vibe podcast, Christina. Uh, thank you so much, Tanika. And, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm totally fangirling because I've been <laughs> so into your page for a long time. And like I was saying before we, before we started this, like, I feel as though you give such a voice to, to all of us healing through this and like, and using, by using a lot of joy, a lot of laughter and truth and truth, like some hard truths, right? Because it's all about, I feel like healing is all about integrating all aspects, including our shadow and and looking at all of those parts and um, radically accepting them as part of ourselves. Yes, 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 you are speaking my language. Well, um, before we get into the, all the good juicy stuff, um, I would love for you to talk a little bit about um, your professional background and then um, maybe moving into how your journey um, has unfolded. So maybe talking about maybe how things were um, right before you got sick and then kind of walk us through that for a little bit. Sure, sure. Um, so you have the next few hours open right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right, so where do, you, where do you really start? I mean, um, yeah, so in the womb, no. Um, <laughs> so I've had a form of chronic illness like various forms since lit like literally like infancy, but it, you know, it only, I suppose got worse and worse as, as time 
as time went on, um, more accumulated traumas and exposure to different toxins and, and so forth. Like my histamine bucket, if, for those who are familiar, really my toxin bucket had reached its peak and began overflowing to the point that my activities of daily living and work and everything was so affected when I was in my late 20s and I was doing humanitarian work. Um, so again, I've had already had been diagnosed with autoimmune diseases and was seeing various doctors like prior to this, but I was able to maintain my life, right? And relationships and, and uh, jobs and so forth. But yeah, I was in, I was in Mexico um, responding to the earthquake there with an NGO and I became really sick, ended up in the hospital there, had to cut my contract, came back, was passed around like a hot potato. No one could figure out what was wrong with me, what was going on. All I knew was that I was deteriorating by the minute. Um, finally, I was just kept collecting like more autoimmune diseases and they just wanted to put me on steroids and I'm not about to bash steroids, but you know, that's not a long-term solution. I knew that there was a root cause to what I was experiencing and I wanted to know what it was. So finally, um, I went to a naturopath school and they were they were just perplexed <laughs> by my situation. Like, we've never seen anyone with all of these things. Um, and they had me, they referred me to a rheumatologist who's also an immunologist who specializes in a lot of rare, rare diseases. Um, and I went to go see him and he just took one look at me, saw my, you know, how I presented and my symptoms and right away was like, Lyme disease and cat scratch mm -hmm. fever, Bartonella. And I'm like, what? You know, I'd only heard of these things peripherally. I'd never, I, I, I didn't know them on a personal level. I just heard of them in passing. And, you know, there were other things too, right? The parasites, the mold, the candida, mm -hmm. all of the things that usually go with that and the, the co-infections. So that's sort of, I like to say, like where my, you know, I always thought of myself as pretty like in the realm of being holistic. Um, but I say like, it took me getting that sick to get healthy to the level I am now, meaning like this opened up my eyes to so much, to so much more. But um, yeah, I got, I got way more sick than I got. Uh, sometimes you get, you get sick before you get better. And that's, that's what happened in this case. Like as the healing began, I didn't know about the Herxheimer reaction. No one told me to keep my, to keep my, um, detox pathways open. No one told me about binders or the kill bind sweat protocol. Like I was really in the, in the dark as far as, as this information is concerned. Like I had to start from, from scratch. And, um, in the interim, I had to move in with my parents. I'm so blessed. Mm -hmm. I even had my mom to take care of me. Some people do not have this option. I needed a caregiver. She was the one who would give me showers and baths and, um, take me to all of my appointments. I was pretty much only couch bound. Um, I mean, my symptoms were pretty terrible. I couldn't go into the, the sun. It would be difficult for me to verbalize what was going on. I would, I would shut down, um, like not be able to speak even if I wanted to. Uh, mm. the, I had immense fatigue and I felt like I was going to pass out all the time. And I'd already been diagnosed with dysautonomia POTS oh gosh, uh, over a decade prior to this even happening. So I was familiar with that, but everything was exacerbated. And 
um, as I got more information and learned more and started opening up my detox pathways and, and really understood for the first time, again, you know, you hear the mind body connection. And of course this was, this was years ago and it's become a lot more popular in the recent times, but like, I really got to embody what the mind body connection is like how fierce it is and started utilizing the, the tools to help me, to help me get better. Um, eventually I found out about neural retraining. Um, I found out my place had an immense amount of mold and I had to move out. I mean, there were, there's so much that happened in this journey. I found out about holistic dentistry and cavitations and took care of that. Like I could go and right. So that's what I mean by, I really could go on for hours. But what I want to say is I could not work during this time. I was incredibly sick. Um, I did go into it, but we, I created a mind body healing journal because I wanted to wait to document my, my symptoms and connect, connect dots in my health because doctors weren't doing that for me. Right. I'd even, even this Lyme specialist, I would see, you know, every month to three months, the, the magic often happens in between our appointments. And I'm the only, I'm the one who knows my body best and can really pay attention to the little details and um, shifts, shifts in my body, shifts in my mind, shifts in my soul. Um, and so the journal allowed me to see that, that I was, even if I was just healing up, you know, a quarter of a percent a day, if I was feeling just a little bit better, that I was seeing that upward trajectory. And I, I was witnessing that healing's not linear, but there was an upwards trajectory. And that's what I, I focused on, right. Rather than the tree, I focused on the forest, not the trees. And, um, yeah. And eventually as I got better and I, I owe that to a myriad of things, but I feel like neural retraining was one of the most impactful tools in my healing process. Maybe you feel the same. Um, I was able to start doing more, walking further. I had more stamina and, Eventually, I <laughs> I didn't mean to, but I stepped into this role of becoming a chronic illness literate therapist. I became the provider that I wish I had when I was going through this. Could not find. I'm not kidding. I could not find a chronic illness therapist. I actually ended up seeing someone in London. I had to go to the UK uh, virtually, of course. <laughs> I couldn't leave my right. couch left country, but um, someone at least who was who was literate in this stuff because. I would end up with therapists where I'm like, okay, I want to get into, I want to get into EMDR. Like, let's, let's get this dis-ease out of my body, right? Like, I'm ready. I'm, and what would happen, A, they weren't focused on regulating my nervous system first before we just launched into all of my childhood traumas, which put me in even mm-hmm. a further regulated fight or flight state. And second, I would have to spend, I would say, not exaggerating, no hyperbole, maybe a quarter of the session giving them uh, like subtitles mm-hmm. to what chronic, what a symptom is. Well, what is, what is that? Uh, yeah, what's that diagnosis? Or I've never heard of that symptom or what's that term? And I'd have to like open up Google and be like, it means mm-hmm. this, you know, and um, I didn't have capacity for that while I was healing. I, I wanted to focus on feeling better. So 
I know I'm all over the place, but that kind of gives no, me no. I mean, <laughs> I can. I mean, everything. It's just so relatable um, on so many levels. And um, we're going to talk about your journal because um, I'm so happy you sent me a copy, and it's so wonderful. But we will talk about that in a little bit. But um, I think I would love for you to talk a little bit more about um, the neuro retraining because. I know that um, you know when we're sick and we're not feeling well and we're going from doctor to doctor and we're being told to take this or we we're not feeling like this is helping and you know that whole trying to figure it all out and then finding out that you know we can actually um, kind of use our our brain and we can you know our there's this mm -hmm. mind body connection and it's really hard to um, at the, you know, to, to recognize that like, wow, like there's actually like things that we can do to help to shift our physiology. So I'm curious about what that looked like for you. Like what kind of work were you doing to help with um, your, you know, your um, retraining? Sure, sure. So for, for me, you know, it really, I had to look at the science of it before I even did neural retraining to under to understand, you know, you, you, again, in the chronic illness world, everyone hears about neural retraining, but is it going to work? Maybe it works for other people. Is it going to work for me? So understanding that, you know, I had been stuck in a fight or flight response, probably since just a really young age, and that my body was in survival. And when your body's in survival, right, it thinks, and you, you probably know this, but I'll just say it aloud, but like your body, mm -hmm. your brain thinks there's a tiger essentially chasing after you and your, your body's going to always prioritize surviving that tiger over healing the body. And so I understood, okay, I could take all the supplements, I could do all of the things, but if my body or brain still thinks that there's a tiger behind me, it's going to happen at a very slow pace. Mm -hmm. And once I understood that and understood that you know, neural retraining is based on neuroplasticity, which is a true, which is a true science. It's not woo-woo. Some people think it is, and it's, it's 100% scientific, that I could, I could retrain my brain to realize that perhaps at some point there was a tiger chasing me, maybe at various points in my life, definitely, but at this moment in time, I'm safe. There is no tiger behind me. And it's one thing to say that aloud. It's another to actually do the practice of neural retraining to, to create those neural pathways to say, I'm actually safe. I can heal. I, it is safe enough for my brain to put, to take healing off the back burner and put it on the front burner. So I, I understood it from that level. And then I had a friend go to a DNRS seminar. She too was sick at the exact same time I was. And when she got back, she looked so much better. I almost didn't recognize her. And she goes, Christina, here's the DVD set. Just do it. And still, even though I knew <laughs> this information intellectually, I was like, well, maybe it works for her, but I doubt it's going to work for me. You know, like it's, it's funny what our what the negativity bias does in our brain to quote unquote protect us. So I went and bought a DVD set. Yes. Because I mean, sorry, DVD player, because uh, our laptops these days don't have them. I don't know. It's <laughs> kind of wild. So um, we went and bought one, my previous partner and I, and I had nothing 
nothing better to do other than doctor's appointments and being on the couch, right? I couldn't function otherwise. So we watched we watched it within one week. He did it alongside me, which was really sweet because my brain fog was pretty awful. So it was nice to have that person there and, and also to for accountability purposes. He so badly wanted to see me heal. It was, it was the best. And anyway, I noticed probably within one to two weeks that I was already feeling a little bit better. I mean, I was down to 20, and I didn't mention this, but I was down to 20 safe foods I could eat without having a severe allergic reaction. I always had um, an EpiPen on me. So, and then leaving the house, being around, um, I had mul uh, multiple chemical sensitivity as well. So like people could not wear perfume around me. I couldn't be around certain detergents. For those who know, who get it, get it. It's, it's pretty awful. So mm -hmm. I noticed that like even we went somewhere and someone was wearing like a scent maybe a month, like a month later. And he's the one who had pointed it out. I was like, wait, that didn't bother you? Usually you'd be like running out of here. And um, I'm like, no, I didn't. So anyway, it's, it's fascinating because my brain started to heal and I was witnessing it in real time. My loved ones were witnessing it in real time. And I just, I was just amazed and I kept with it because you're supposed to, at least each, each program is different, of course, but with DNRS, it's six months that you commit to. And mm -hmm. I, I committed to that. It was morning, night, and anytime I would have a symptom when it would break, um, basically any, anytime throughout the day, I would nip it in the bud and tell my body, you know, your limbic system, you're, I know you're trying to protect me, but you don't have all the information and we're actually okay right now. Um, yeah. So with that, that is truly like when I saw the most improvement in my, in my health journey, because that allowed me to have more capacity. Cause like I, it was even hard for me to take Epsom salt baths before this because it was too much, mm -hmm. too much. So like I was able to work harder on my healing and my detoxing and to absorb what I was taking better because my body now had more capacity. It wasn't on overdrive from thinking this tiger was chasing it all of the time. I wasn't nearly as fatigued because my brain wasn't in, like to, for your brain to keep you in survival mode, it takes an immense amount of energy. And I don't think people realize that. Cause again, imagine constantly being, being chased by a tiger. How's your body going to feel? Of course it's going to be right. exhausted. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, I owe, I, like I said, I owe so much of my healing to, to neural retraining, to neural plasticity. Like it is a hundred percent true that if you heal your brain, you can heal your body. And the mind is incredibly powerful. Um, for those who haven't read it, you are the placebo by Joe's Dispenza. It's, it's example, mm -hmm. after example of how, how this has worked and played out in the world. Like from people who, there was one man, right? He cited in there as an example, who was told that he had um, end-stage cancer and died not long after that. And when they did the, when they did the autopsy, he didn't actually have cancer at all. Um, that was a mistake. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's how powerful our, uh -huh. our brain's um, belief Belief is, belief is powerful. Just the, yes. Just, mm -hmm. is, yeah. It can be, it can be both ways, right? <laughs> Against us. But what I will say is with, with the, this healing journey, you know, um, cause, cause neural retrainer requires you to switch it up. I was in this victim state of, I am dying. 
these are my last days. Um, this will be the my life. This will be what I'm, how I'm living for the rest of my life. Like you should have heard the way I spoke to myself, the things I said to myself and I said to others and things that were echoed to me as well from providers and from, from other people, from Facebook groups. I had to get myself off. But anyway, that's what I mean. Neural retraining invited me to stop going onto Facebook groups, to start paying attention to stories of people healing, not suffering, mm -hmm. um, to work on decreasing my cortisol by increasing things that would produce more dopamine and serotonin, which are neurochemicals that are healing to the body and flush out that cortisol response, that inflammatory response. And um, to start speaking to myself with love, with hope, with belief. And um, at this point, as, as a therapist in my practice, it is a requirement for, if someone wants to see me, I have two requirements. They must see a root cause specialist and they must choose a neural retraining program of their choice. Because there's so many now. My concern is yeah. that you choose the one that resonates with you. Would I have chosen DNRS in retrospect? I didn't know another program really existed at the time. I, I don't know if I would have, right? But it was given to me as a, as a gift. And I'm so grateful. And it did work. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's um, incredible. Um, so much goodness that you've just shared. Like one thing I want to two things I want to highlight. One, you talked about um, um, like getting out of like um, illness group or illness based groups. That was a big one for me, too, because like when you first get sick, you want to feel like you're not alone. You want to feel connected. But what ends up happening is that you get into these like uh, chronic illness group and then everybody's talking about you know how much they're feeling how bad the symptoms and it's not to say that like that's not important but there's like a certain energy um and it's really hard to pull yourself out of that place when you're like stuck in that kind of um like group that is um more about like what's wrong versus like having the um the health promoting, like, I can do this, like, I have, you know, I have the power to heal myself and like, having all of that awareness. So um, that's, I think, has been a huge one for myself and many people. And then um, I love that you're talking about, um, you know, like, we can feed our brain with all like the good stuff, right? Like the dose chemistry, which is what is responsible for, you know, those like feel good chemicals. And that translates to, um, you know, our body, like when we can get into like that dose chemistry, it like really impacts our physiology. So I'm so glad that you, you said those things. Um, would in, all of that, like, I'm curious about, like, the emotional stuff, like the trauma, because um, I know, like, with DNRS, like, a lot of the focus is on, um, like, the brain retraining and all of that. I also know that some people um, require, not require, but some people um, have, like, these deeper patterns, and um, in, in they find that, like, trauma impacted like um like unreleased trauma that they've been carrying um have impacted them um in their illness so i'm just curious about um about what role that may have played for you or not yeah yeah it's um i i don't think i have met anyone with chronic illness who is not in fight or flight or does not have some level of trauma and i'm not even including medical trauma because that's its own <laughs> That's its own thing, right? Yeah. Um, 
So for for me, and this is this is why again I require it for clients as well, is we need to get you at a level of homeostasis, meaning a regulated nervous system state, in order for us to start processing traumas and dis-ease out of the body. So that's when I said earlier, when I went to go see that therapist who was not clearly attuned <laughs> to dysregulated <laughs> nervous systems and went into EMDR, I kid you not, which you know, as a therapist, this is going to be a lot. The first day mm-hmm. we met, first day, mm-hmm. yep. Usually, mm-hmm. you, know, you, would, you know, resource a little bit. We would build yes. some kind of rapport and safety. I want to feel safe with my, with my therapist. Uh-huh. You know, she, I always, like, I always say, like, she taught me how not to be a therapist in, in many ways. And um, I know you've said this before, and I'm going to say it aloud, like, you are allowed to shop for therapists. Our, yes. I think as a therapist, like, my goal is that you feel safe and secure with me. And if you don't, I will be the first person to look for someone else for you, because otherwise we're not going to be able to get the work done we need to get done. And Anyway, so for me to do the neural retraining work on myself allowed me to be able to have the the capacity to start doing deep trauma work on myself. And part of my path, this is not for everyone, has been plant medicine. And mm-hmm. um, I've, just to put in perspective, I, after sitting with ayahuasca four times this year, I don't meet criteria for um, complex PTSD and numerous other diagnoses that I had uh, prior. So that with mixed with integration and continued trauma-informed work, be it EMDR, um, be it EFT tapping, it, there's, there's a myriad of, of, um, of things I use, including construct, constructed awareness. But working with working with the right uh, therapists and facilitators and healers for myself has been so incredible for my for my healing journey. And I'm going to be on a healing journey my entire life, right? This is just I just continue to peel back the layers, and I do believe the deeper I go within, the the further I can take my own clients within themselves. And also, if you guys have a therapist not doing work on themselves, <laughs> please question that. <laughs> right? Okay. I'm just get, I just have to whole <laughs> sign that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, um. <laughs> so anyway, like, and for me, and for me, I've had various coaches and and therapists and healers, and and each time, you know, like I said, another layer's peeled back. I'm like, wow, I'd really like to work with someone on on specifically on inner inner child work, or specifically on. Um, relationships or it's, it's, it varies. Right. And I just continue to create this, this group for myself, like this toolbox of people, if you will, that I can call on as needed as, as time goes on um, to work with. But yeah, to answer your question, it's one of the biggest components is that dis-ease, that trauma that we have stored in our body. Yeah, I love it. And, um, you know, as you're talking about, um, you know, one of the questions I I was going to ask you, but you kind of started to answer it is this idea of like healing being on a continuum and that 
um, you know, we heal in layers. And so there isn't necessarily like an end point. And I just really want that message to be um, heard that, um, you know, like we heal in layers and, you know, we don't necessarily get to this like arbitrary place of like, yes, this is it. I am all healed. And, you know, like <laughs> I've gotten nice. to the, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. But um, certainly like we, we do like, we do have like a, a new levels of like awareness and expansion. Um, so I'm so glad that, that you talked about that and also um, referencing the idea of like, um, you know, you um, being a healer or, or you being a therapist and also um, still um, continuing on your healing journey. So that leads me to, um, I want to hear about kind of like your, um, how you work with clients, um, what they can expect um, from you as a therapist and um, what kinds of clients do you um, tend to attract or would you um, accept into your practice? Sure. Um, so like I, like I had mentioned, I have those two, those two uh, mm -hmm. rules, right? So, and that doesn't have to be done before we start, we start therapy, but the process needs to be started within like, I'd say a month that you're calling, you're, you're um, calling doctors or you're looking into neural retraining programs. So that's, that's that. Um, when working with me, I feel like I, I work a little bit differently than your average therapist in the sense that I believe in decolonizing therapy on, on various levels. But for one of those things for me is, one, I don't believe in the arbitrary 50-minute mark. We actually mm -hmm. go, I have ADHD myself. I'm neurodivergent. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. I time life, so it's hard for me to to look at the time constantly, it actually dysregulates me. And I've noticed mm -hmm. on the other side, it can really dysregulate clients. So we actually go until a client feels complete without pushing him too far. But I would say like an hour to an hour and a half is usually like the sweet spot. And that way, you know, we're not like, oh, hold that thought for next week or two weeks or whatever. <laughs> I don't, mm -hmm. I, that's that worked for me as a client. So I just, seen such a shift and change because in school we were told 50 minutes and that's that and um also like uh we decide at the end of each session when we're going to see each other next it's not consistent and that's because because i'm working with folks who are healing from chronic illness everyone has doctor's appointments all over and and sometimes our sessions give them a lot to digest and maybe they need more more time to really process and integrate before our next session. Um, and also the thing is I tell people is that I don't want to see you forever. Like I want you to feel better and better and better and better and see me less and less. And then maybe move on to a different type of therapist or a coach or so forth. Like I'm always here, right? Like in that sense, but I'm, what I'm saying is like, there is this goal for them to feel better. And of course that looks differently for each person. We decide what that is as time goes on, we're constantly checking in. So that's how that works. But as I said, as we're working towards regulating the nervous system, working towards getting to know each other and feeling, feeling safe, we, one of the things we're, we do is we begin to understand when and why the body started saying no for this person. And you can see that in various times in a timeline, right? I'm sure you could too, where like mm -hmm. I started showing symptoms at this age, but 
I, you know, I, it was brain over body. It was like, oh, sh- 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 body, <laughs> I've got this. No, I can, I can say yes to this thing that I really don't have capacity or time for. Like I was an overachiever. I was a perfectionist. So many of us are. That's that fawning freeze response that I actually see the most of in my practice, but people oscillate between. Um, but anyway, it's, it's seeing when and how that happened. Where where is the co- the codependency? Where where are where are these things? How do they play out in your in your current life? What is your environment like? What is your job like? Like that's the whole holistic approach is under also understanding like late stage capitalism and racism and so and and so much more that's attributed to our mental health. Right? It's it's complicated. It's but that's the point is we're we are unpacking that in a, in a courageous, I don't say safe, but courageous space. Like, let's talk about it. Let's verbalize this. What is this like for you? What is this like for other people? How does this impact your community and vice versa? Because this is, we're all connected. We're all interconnected. So, um, and then as we, as I notice and witness them becoming more and more regulated, that is when we start to do more of the trauma informed work and, as I mentioned, like I do EMDR and then something called constructed awareness, which is a really um, beautiful modality created by someone who was an EMDR. Um, uh, what was he? He was a trainer and noted he essentially it's, it's like combining EMDR and somatic experiencing. So it's, mm-hmm. it's very somatic based. And I noticed that um, my clients seem to thrive in it the best because it really Mm -hmm. gets them into their body. Like so often someone comes to me with chronic illness, they're disembodied. They're scared Mm -hmm. of their symptoms far away from themselves. I mean, I was, I was so scared for so long and I hated my body. I was, I was, I thought it was trying to kill me. Right. So this, what I always say is like healing is a path back to yourself. That's all it is. It's returning back to yourself. And I mean, I will be walking it for the rest of my life, but I'm saying like, as they, this is, this is a uh, modality that allows them to safely enter into their body, even for a little bit to see what that feels like and to sit with their discomfort in, mm-hmm. in a way that's not going to dysregulate them. Um, and to, to feel their emotions and their feelings and feeling is healing. Healing is feeling. So yeah. Um, Anyway, we we do that. I do IFS, so in, internal family system. So that gets that gets involved quite a bit, and we're constantly weaving in neural retraining. Neuroplasticity is a, is forever a big part of the work I do with my with my clients and um, inner child work. So yeah, I mean, I get to I have the best job in the world, and I think you'll feel similarly similarly like that. I get to witness people feel better and and go from surviving to thriving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I think there's also like this special, like, it's almost like another level of, you know, and I don't know if you can feel like if you feel the same way, but before my own journey, um, you know, I, I did feel like I was doing good. And I, you know, had this like, gift of wanting to help and you know all of that good stuff that that brings us into this field but once you go through your own journey and then you are kind of like coming out of the on the other side and now you're in that position to um, support 
somebody else through their own journey. There's just this like, I just can't even explain it, but it's like a feeling of like, it's almost like I am giving back. Um, and it feels really, really, really um, special. And so I, I can imagine that for you, it must be um, like such a, um, I can't think of the word. It's like when you like, it's like this circle of life, but like I receive, now I'm giving back. And um, yeah, I'm wondering yeah. if yeah. you can relate to that. A thousand percent. I, I say like, I feel God, and I'm going to say that I feel God gave me mm-hmm. a second chance to live. I feel God. Um, I, I don't believe any of this happened to me. I a hundred percent feel like this happened for me. I believe in post-traumatic growth. I believe that's that's what I'm witnessing in myself. That's what I see in you. And so many of us who passed through this fire, <laughs> that's what it feels like. Um, and sometimes over and over, I'm like, please God, less fires this year. Um, but even with the fires, I'm like, each time I go through it, it's like another chance to better understand clients and people. And um, no, I, I remember thinking, if I get through this, my life's purpose is going to be to lead people through it as well. And I could cry thinking about it. I feel so honored to do, to do this work. Like I always tell, I've told a couple of friends who are also in this realm, they're not quite therapists, but they're, they're healers who've also been through chronic illness. And like, we, we feel like, like angel, like angels in a way, like that's the only way to describe it. Like we've been given this task from God, from universe, whatever you want to call it, to to help people through our own experiences and um again it's just an honor with anyone who comes to work with me and they hear me say this they hear me tell them i love them and that i'm so honored to get to work with them that they're they're open to working with me and you were asking me like who who generally comes to you and it's you know it's people who who believe they they can heal and want to heal and um yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. That's great. Um, and do you see clients from anywhere? I know you're based. Um, well, where are you based? In, is it California? I'm in California. I'm licensed in California, Oregon and Washington. I'm also, and then I, I, I do, I see coaching clients, which is going to look a little bit different. Yep. Um, when, when it's time for them to do like more, you know, trauma informed, therapy that's when we find someone who who's also chronic illness literate and does that work in their state um and I also can see folks internationally so I have some international clients um yeah yeah that's awesome so I want to talk about um this journal that um it's just like so like, I just love looking at it. Like, it's so pretty. But um, beyond just it being a nice, pretty journal, um, I think that it can be something like a really great aid um, for people that are um, on this journey. And so I would love for you to talk a little bit about why you created it and um, how people can use this um, on their healing journey. Sure, sure. Um, when I was, like I said, I was couch bound and really sick. I had a friend who's an acupuncturist. I was telling her, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I just feel terrible, blah, blah, blah. And she said, she sent me a Dr. Walls video. Do you know who Dr. Walls is? Have you heard of her? I actually have not. 
Okay, so she was she's a doctor and hence the name, but um, she had she has MS, but she was wheelchair bound and only um, getting worse and worse. I watched her her TED talk and they couldn't they just kept giving her more pharmaceuticals and she was deteriorating. So finally, she looked at various studies with I believe it was if it was either mice or lab rats and in different treatment protocols they were giving them with M, that had MS. Um, and she saw the, she looked at the ones that were successful and basically turned whatever they were dosing them into human or sizable amounts for a human. Right. So the same, the same amount that they were giving to the, to the, to the lab animals. And she began getting better within six months. She was being wheelchair bound to riding her bike. Um, so she decided to create something called the walls protocol and, I said, you know what? My friend said, just commit to one thing because there are so many different things out there. So I started on her book. And one of the first things she has you do is journal. She said, um, like, journal what you're eating to make sure, like, you're getting – because her protocol requires things like nine servings of veggies a day. So, like, those – like, journaling those types of things. So I started actually researching journaling in general. I was just I was just curious and saw that it's incredible. It, um, it there it's been researched to actually speed up recovery in patients who have like wound injuries when they've when they've tested it in studies. So it's not just beneficial for from a psychological aspect. It's actually beneficial beneficial on a physiological aspect. It is a, a true mind body tool. And I started writing down, I looked, well, first I looked for a mind body journal and I could not find one. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the therapist and I, I couldn't find for myself. Um, I looked for a journal because I had no capacity to create this at that moment in time. And I'd find like, okay, a food journal. Okay. A gratitude journal, <laughs> um, you know, like a specifically just mental health. And I was thinking, okay, maybe I just, I'd, I'd end up with like, to do what I wanted, I would need like five, six or seven journals. And as I started creating my own prompts each day, because I just wanted easy fill in the blank prompts because my brain fog was horrendous. So what did I eat? How much did I sleep? Um, What was my blood pressure? What was my blood? I was having blood sugar, blood pressure issues. So I started creating these little tiny prompts. Where was I on my menstrual cycle? What was my pain level like? What symptoms came up? What What frustrations came up? And then I started reading about the power of self-love. This one story really stuck out to me of this woman who was extremely sick, who began telling each body part in front of a mirror that she loved it, each body part. And then she really did not like herself or her body. She did this every single day in a mirror and actually put, and I, I always forget where I, where I saw the story, but she basically put what she had into remission. And that, that stuck, like that's really just stood with me. And I put that in there. It's like one thing I love about my body, one thing I'm grateful for, one thing I'm looking forward to till t- tomorrow. And as I'm going through this, create, night after night, creating the prompts, I, A, just notice I'm feeling a little bit better. And B, I have the proof proof of it. Um, I'm also able to notice like, oh, when I eat this ingredient, I have this reaction to it, right? Whereas before it was always really hard to tell what was causing what. So I went from feeling really disempowered in my health where I could barely get up from the couch or whatever to like, wow, I'm, I'm noticing these correlations and next doctor's appointment, I actually get to share this data 
with my doctor and feel like I can make decisions with them and not just depend on them to make decisions for me and feel even more disempowered and scared in my healing journey. So I finally, when I'm doing this, I'm going, wow, this would be really probably helpful to other people moving through this as well and decided to create it. And like I was saying to you earlier, I found a designer who took advantage of me and eventually my best friend, Stephanie, learned how to use Canva and was like, let's get this out to the world, Christina. And uh, I think it was May, 2020 that we got it. I'd started doing it in 2018. That's when I first started journaling. And then it was, it was live for people to use. Um, and yeah, I've gotten really beautiful feedback, especially for people who are just first starting their journeys. Mm -hmm. I think it's incredibly helpful because like I said, it's like a bullet, it's a mind, it's like a mind, body, spirit, healing bullet journal is how I would describe it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. And I think um, it's um, wonderful. And I also, what I love is that you created this while you were um, in the midst of um, really challenging times. So um, <laughs> I, I did want to just kind of put that out there because I know that many of us, um, you know, when we're feeling sick and we're dealing with illness, um, there's this idea where we we feel like we're, we have no, um, we don't feel like we have purpose, right? And so this idea of like, there's always like, you always have purpose regardless of where you are in your journey. And for you to have began this, um, even while you were sick, just kind of speaks to this idea of, um, you know, when we can find something greater to work towards or when we can, you know, find our little gifts and, and still, um, still show the world that, um, you know, that we have something to offer that really impacts our own um, healing and, and in return, um, people benefit from it. So just wanted to say that too. <laughs> oh, I agree. Purpose, it, purpose is medicine. It's funny you mentioned that. So um, and I think I told you earlier, I, I have this uh, empowerment circle and it's free for the community. It's through um, San Diego Lyme Alliance and Bay Area Lyme Foundation. I'm just a volunteer facilitator for this group. And the purpose of this group is to feel like to leave feeling more empowered in your health journey. And no, you don't have to have Lyme disease to attend. But in our last one, I invited a friend of mine, Lindsay Keys. She's the one who directed um, uh, the Lyme, the Lyme documentary. Wow. Um, why am I, mm -hmm. why am I not thinking of it right now? Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. My brain fog right now. Well, anyway, okay. <laughs> I can't think of it at this moment in time, but, um, it'll come to me in a moment. She, yeah. so the reason I asked her this during, so she was our special guest and I asked, that was the, one of the questions I said, what got you on this path to create this, this documentary? And she said she went to her doctor and she was in the throes of chronic illness, really not feeling well, doing well. Her, her she had a very short, um, uh, short term memory. Like it was, it wasn't great. And the doctor said, I want you to find something that gives you purpose. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I can barely get out of bed and you're asking me to find my purpose. And she ended up doing this, creating this, um, documentary and she said that alone was like medicine to her and and mm -hmm. that's what she said to the group so it, it's just on point with 
with what we're discussing right now, um, that you are capable of finding your purpose and working towards it, regardless of where you are on your healing journey. Yes, 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 absolutely. So, um, and I love that. I really, quiet, you know, quiet I epidemic. Was, quiet yeah. epidemic. Sorry, <laughs> that's the name of the documentary. Quiet. I cannot. Okay. Yeah, um, I'll have to take a look at that. I'm not sure I've seen that one, but um, so I would love for you to maybe share as we're coming a little to the close, and this is just, I could talk to you forever. Um, <laughs> what um, advice would you give to, well, let me see, let me pause for a second. I know that you talk about like your journey continues and, you know, even within this realm of like, quote unquote recovery, I know that, um, you know, life happens and sometimes like symptoms could resolve, but then, you know, we could, you know, experience a new stressor and maybe like um, some old symptoms could show up. And so I just wanted you to speak to that a little bit. If um, you have any thoughts about this idea of like, you know, healing and recovery and like, you know, having symptoms again. Oh, yes. Last, this past year, I had a complete full flare-up happen um, in March. And, you know, um, it was just another layer to peel back. I had to go back to my parents' house because they live close to where I could get IVs and get regular treatments. And um, it's not it's not linear, right? So mm -hmm. one stress one thing comes up, you can, you can have a flare. I crashed this past weekend. I had some emotions and grief come up and I, I had a crash this weekend, but you know what? I, you never, this is what I'm going to say. You never start from square one the next time you have a flare up or the next time you have a crash. You have, you have tools, you have resources, you know, your doctors, you know, your providers, you hopefully you have a therapist or a coach or mental health provider that you can lean on. You have a community, you have a group. So every time, I've, I don't want to pretend like it's been rainbows and butterflies, right? I went from being sick to being where I am now. Like I said, I had a, even had a crash this past, this past weekend that was really rough for me, and I'm, I'm still coming out of it. Um, but it, it gives you an invitation to actually unpack and heal more. That's how I see it at the very end. And my last, this flare-up this past year actually led me to India to complete a two-month panchakarma, which was also second to neural retraining has probably been one of the most impactful things to my health. Um, and I'll be back in India two more years because I will need to, to complete, to complete the program that I'm on. That's what I'm saying is that it, it's, it sucks when you have a crash or a flare up it really is horrible. It's not the end of the world. You know that it doesn't last forever. And like I said, you never start from square one again. You all, you now, have the tool you have an arsenal of resources that you didn't have when you first got sick and it's not it's not linear this is these things can be at least for you know lyme and other my other autoimmune diseases mm -hmm. you know you can put in permission that's not saying that they're going to last there forever we don't know and i can't promise that to anyone what i can say is that you can build your tools your support system you can regulate your nervous system so that if and when stressors and you happen, you're a lot more equipped um, to move through them. Yes, love it, love it. And I love that, um, I just love that you can share that because I think that 
um, in this community, sometimes like we have this like really um, rainbowish, um, you know, what I was sick and now I'm, I'm all better. And um, a lot of people fail to kind of mention what happens. And I love that you are very honest about the idea that healing is not linear, but, but also that you're not going back to square one. And now we're so much more resourced that when something mm -hmm. comes up, we move through it a lot faster. Mm -hmm. So that is awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank um, you. <laughs> what, um, what has been maybe if you could to share what has been maybe like your biggest um, learning lesson or like any words of wisdom, like through this journey, like what is something that like you have learned that you really want people to know? To anyone listening, I believe in your body's capability to heal itself. That's what I want to say your body is so intelligent. It has everything. It's equipped with everything it needs to heal itself. It just needs to be given the right, the right guidance and support. And it is possible. It is possible. Um, yeah, I think that's what I, that's what I would like to share. And um, to go on a journey, I think this is also really important of you know, I invite everyone listening, if you haven't already done this for yourself, to go on a journey of, of getting to know yourself in every aspect, every form. I always say to clients, like, we're like babushka dolls, right? We have layers <laughs> underneath. And all those layers are a part of us. And we, we need to go through every single one and, and love it and adore it and be there with it. All, all of those levels, all of those... Um, all of those inner children, right? All, every single time mm -hmm. in your life that has been um, challenging, like going in there, being present with it and, and loving on it, loving on yourself. Like you are worthy of healing. You are worthy of love and of loving yourself and um, you can heal. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. And, you know, you saying that like, I wish that I could have heard that early on in my own journey. So I know that um, for anyone that's listening, I hope that you can hear and receive that because um, I really feel like it's really our own love that ultimately heals us. And so a big piece of this journey is about um, connecting back to our true self and loving the heck out of ourselves as well. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, perhaps the people who we wanted to love us at those at those times could not didn't have capacity, couldn't. But we can go we can go back and be present with it and be the love we wish we had then now, if that makes sense to anyone. Yes. It's a little but it's true. <laughs> Absolutely. My goodness. Um, gosh, I feel like you have so much um, wisdom to offer. And um, I love that you pull from all these different modalities and um, even you talking about, you know, the colonial lens and, um, you know, anti-capitalist, I mean, all of that stuff, I just think it's incredible. And I can, um, I can just tell that your clients are just really, really um, blessed to have you as a practitioner. And I really hope that um, anyone listening will reach out to you. Do you actively have openings for clients? Um, I have 
I have a little bit of a waiting list right now, but it's not terrible. And like I said, the goal is that folks feel better and do see me less and less, and then another space opens up. So um, if you're, yeah, if you're looking for someone like me, just, just contact, just contact me. And also again, even if there is a waiting list, I'd love for whoever's listening to attend the support circle, the empowerment circle. Um, it's a third Tuesday of every month at six o'clock Pacific standard time. And then I do plan to offer groups in the near future as well to be a little bit more accessible to folks. Yeah. Okay. And then how can people um, get in contact with you? I'm going to put your information also um, in the, the podcast notes, but just um, for you to share, um, how can people connect with you best? Sure. Uh, www.beginwithintoday.com or at beginwithintoday. Okay. Well, um, Christina, I just, um, I really enjoyed our conversation and I feel like um, just talking to you, I just resonate with just about everything that you had to share. And um, I feel like I might even want you to come back again because um, I feel like there's so much more that we can talk about, but um, just in the interest wow. of time and keeping this um, podcast under an hour, um, I, I just really appreciate you and I appreciate that you um, took time to um, share your journey and, and give us a whole lot to think about. So thank you again for being a guest. Thank you so, so, so much. And um, I feel honored to be here with you talking about this and yeah, just and and to be alongside you on this on this journey, right? To see how we both ended up here through this <laughs> through this all, how we this post traumatic growth. Um, yes. So very very honored, and it takes a wise woman to recognize a wise woman. So thank you, thank you, <laughs> you thank do you. Yes. Well, everyone, I am so grateful that you continue to support this podcast. I hope that you found this conversation enlightening and that you will continue to tune in and share this with your friends and family.